giant cacophony tells you that once again Christmas is coming listen to those jingle bells because we are getting ready to celebrate another fantastic book you can pick up in the run-up to Christmas buy it for self buy it for a friend or even better still get somebody else to buy it for you get it on your Christmas list you're listening to the Power of Three podcast I'm Kenny Smith and here with me looking stylish and suave and not at all looking as if he'd just fallen out of bed half an hour ago the man who is a living legend in his own bath time, it's David Steele. I've not even had my bath yet this morning, I'm disgusting. Hello listeners, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yes, back with some more suggestions to put in your, your, in your letter to Santa this year. Um, I'm definitely going to get a copy of the of the item that we're, we're here to talk about today, quite frankly, because um, I've been told an aspect, the detail about it that, that has me going, ooh. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm very intrigued. Yes. Today, I believe we're talking to the lovely Steve Cole. We are indeed about his new book, Doctor Who, 10 Days of Christmas, which features 10 stories featuring David Tennant as the Doctor. And we're getting stories with him as the 10th Doctor, but also the 14th Doctor makes a guest appearance as well. Interesting. Ooh, so yet another story. So they're managing to shoehorn all these extra stories in, so it's not just the three appearances on the telly. So who knows, well, this Doctor could live for a thousand years, for all we know. Listen, we're recording this episode on Wednesday the 6th of December, so it's a few days before the giggle is broadcasting. Rumours of... I, I read something, I think yesterday or the day before, I'm not going to say any more about it, I read some sort of thing that apparently there's rumours going around about something, and I'm like... Really, and it's kind of pertinent to what Kenny was just saying. So, you know, we'll have to see. Anticipation's huge. I'm not really ready for DT to leave again, quite frankly. I don't want him to go. <laughs> I don't want him One to go either. So, yeah, so the fact that, that Mr. Cole has kind of um, has got, you know, very, very cannily put together a, a book of stories featuring his doctor is a, it's a lovely, soothing balm to those of us who are going to feel the, the loss after this Saturday. Listeners, I should tell you. I'm working on Saturday. This is the first regeneration story that I'm not going to see live no. since episode six of Planet of the Spiders, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I guess my mum and dad probably were watching when it went out because I saw Legopolis, obviously, and Andrew Zani and Time the Rani and everything else. But I am, um, because of the, the shift and the, the big long job I'm on over the next couple of days, I'm probably not going to see it either till late on Saturday night or early Sunday morning or maybe even Sunday afternoon. So I'm. Um, Pray for me, and please don't contact me directly with spoilers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know that I won't. Absolutely won't. This book is definitely good for your David Tennant Doctor requirements. There's we've got him. He's here with his TV companions. There's Rose. There's Martha. There's Donna. He's traveling solo, and there's a really good mix. I mean, there's a mix you know, written in the first person. Um, you know, just your standard piece of fiction with narrative it's a really good mix and no matter what you mood, you'll find something funny you'll find something a bit more serious and it's a really really great mix I've 
I've only read the PDF which the BBC sent me, but right. it's highly enjoyable. But of course, there's the one story here, which is story number nine, Dark Waters, which straight away you look at the very first line reads, Mr. Jackson Lake in the form of a letter. And yes! Course, why, Dave, you better tell everybody why you're delighted. Oh, because it's my favourite new Who Doctor Who story. I love The Next Doctor. It's great. I've talked about it before in the podcast, I'm sure. The brilliant guest performance from David Morrissey, the brilliant conceit, the brilliant idea. Cybermen in the Snow, all sorts of stuff. Victorian Chocolate Box, London. It's glorious. So, yeah, I, it's very exciting that, um, that that's happening. That's probably, listeners, let's be honest, that's probably what swung me towards definitely committing to to getting a hold of a copy of this. Whether or not I get it from Santa, whether or not I buy it myself the next couple of days, I'll well, actually won't be the next couple of days. I'll probably start next week before I get a chance. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm having it. <laughs> Absolutely, living at large. Would you let me tell you one little thing about it? No, I don't want any spoilers. Okay, please. no spoilers at all then. In fact, okay. Well, if you don't want spoilers, why don't we just hear from Mr. Cole? Straight to Stephen. Superb. Yep. Hello, I'm Steve Cole. I am the author of The Ten Days of Christmas. Hello, Steve. Welcome back. It seems like only Hello, a few Ken. days since we last saw you talking about Stinger oh, the Zygons. Well, minutes, I think it was. Yeah, it, just, it was such a memorable experience for us both. So. <laughs> So, how did this one come about? I suppose that the return of Mr. Tennant's probably a big part in it. Well, yes. I was contacted out the blue by Tom Rawlinson from Penguin Random House, who oversees the Doctor Who list there. Now, I'm project editor on the uh, BBC books list, which are the, the ones that are aimed slightly older and at families, um, while Tom looks over the younger titles in-house. So, I've not talked to him before or um, had much to do there so it was a very nice surprise to hear that uh, he would like me to uh, contribute to that range and yeah a, a series of, uh, of short stories all for the uh, the tenant doctor at first I thought he was asking me just to pitch one at him and then it sort of slowly dawned on me that he was actually asking me to write an entire book of them which uh, felt like a real honor to be honest it was um, you know I was just so chuffed to be asked that uh, although I was really busy, I determined I would make time to get them in. So that's well how it came about, really. I was just uh, approached and I came up with a lot of ideas and most of them made it in. So what time of year were you approached? Because I always imagine that writing Christmas stories when it's not Christmas time is an interesting experience. Well, yes. Well, I'm going to look this up because I was just thinking exactly the same thing myself and I can exclusively reveal that I was approached in <laughs> January the least <laughs> Christmassy time of all January 2023 I was asked if I was uh, interested in writing this uh, David Tennant short story Christmas collection but that's all right, because I'm in a fairly Christmassy frame of mind all year round. When I was uh, a younger person, I used to start celebrating Christmas in August. So I'm um, given the opportunity to um, to start in January. You know, I'm in like Flynn. Um, it's actually not so different from when I've been asked to write, you know, Christmas editions of my series like Astrosaurs and Astrosaurs Academy and The Cows in Action. Um, you're always asked to write them, you know, round about 
nine or ten months before they go on sale because that's just publishing deadlines so yes I, i'm no stranger to celebrating christmas in january it just seems madness but you know just sort of if only dash a month earlier and it would have been even more you'd have had the tunes on and a little bit of slade <laughs> here and there but well yeah indeed and to be honest i didn't actually start writing them until um much later about march april time so <gasps> it was uh but you know they were gestating the back of my mind when i came to actually um get down the outlines i actually had this very fevered day coming up with 10 short stories for it because you know you can't just write the same Christmassy type story in 10 different ways i was interested in thinking about you know what what Christmas means, how it might be celebrated by Earth colonies elsewhere, the kind of the themes of Christmas, um, how it is to be away from loved ones at Christmas. So there were lots of different angles to run at it from, from the sort of thing which, how can it be more Christmassy than a National Trust property decked out for Christmas, you know, in a sort of Victorian style, in a sort of time travel adventure we have in that one. And then there's the vampire one on a distant colony, which is happens to take place at Christmas time and uh, just as the humans are ready for their feast vampires are planning to make a feast of them and you have Kral's invading a Christmas toy factory obviously and uh, a annual Christmas missive from Jackson Lake to Rosita outlining his uh, chance re-meeting with the 10th Doctor find out that he's gone to New Zealand it's all very exciting there's a really as you say really good mix there of your stories and you know, particularly the way in which they're, they're presented. So we've got we've got prose and we've got in the first person as well. And as you say, the, the letter, which I suppose that as well keeps you on your toes. So it's there's not too much of a, a seeminess about it. It gives you a, a different mix of storytelling styles. Exactly, yes. I mean, when the stories are all from one author, you don't want to just take the same tack each time. It's not only more mundane for the reader, but it's also a little boring for the author. So you want to approach it in different ways. And, you know, Jackson Lake's voice is so clear in my head because I love the next Doctor. Um, and was really excited to um, bring him on an adventure, knowing that he'd said that, you know, the adventure in life wasn't for him. I kind of wanted to suggest that, you know, he, he had enjoyed an adventurous life. I mean, the story catches up with him um, about 50 years later so he is an old man and uh, but he's still ready to uh, go into battle alongside the 10th Doctor you know for of course for the Doctor it's only been you know maybe a matter of months and for him it's been you know over half a lifetime so you can you know it's a good opportunity to play with that kind of time travel if you like and there's another first person story from the point of view of um, a British agent on a mission for his Majesty's government in the Amazon in the 1930s, uh, which allowed for an interesting time mix-up as well. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's there's a few opportunities for that. But I think Christmas is one of those times when you are looking back and thinking of Christmas's past and you have strong nostalgia for certain times. And, um, you know, one of my big Doctor Who happy places is uh, David Tennant's era. So, for me, it was wonderful to kind of relive that nostalgia and to combine it with another nostalgic occasion, uh, the real challenge was not to make it a big cloying glory fest sort of um, ten running around having uh, amazing festive adventures. It was uh, wanting to do something, as we mentioned, just in going in lots of different directions. Some more thoughtful stories, some knockabout romps, some more sinister ones. 
because of course Christmas is a great time for ghost stories as well. And I've always loved a Christmas uh, scary story. You're not the only one. You're not the only one, I can guarantee you that. And there's something that's particularly joyful is that no matter which 10th Doctor era you like, whether it's with Rose, with Martha, with Donna, or traveling solo, there's something there for everyone. The fact there's the fact that we can get Martha in a Christmas story, which she never got on TV. Well, indeed, and that was one of the things I felt I had an opportunity to do. So that was uh, that was really nice. And as the Runaway Bride, I think is probably my favourite of the uh, the Ten and Christmas specials. It was really lovely to have um, Donna and Ten uh, having a, a full-on Christmas adventure as well in um, Not a Creature Was Stirring. So yeah, it was it was a great chance to to catch up with old friends. And of course, you know, for me as well, professionally, um, I was. Uh, one of the first writers for David Tennant's Doctor with uh, The Feast of the Drowned. I remember going over to Cardiff to uh, watch rough cuts of Christmas Invasion and Tooth and Claw and New Earth to get a feel for this new Doctor. And I'm thinking, God, that's, when was that, like 17 years ago or something now? 18 years ago? So, yeah, that was kind of nostalgia for my professional self as well getting to uh, to go back. Obviously, I wrote uh, three novels for uh, Tennant, so I was one of the first to write for Martha as well, and again, went down to see early versions of Gridlock and Smith and & Jones, and you know, to get a feel for her. So it was it was like, you know, reconnecting, not just with the characters, but with um, my younger, more energetic self, who <laughs> was uh, always sort of, like leaping on these projects with, uh, with Wild Abandon. And so I did uh, tackle these with a fair bit of wild abandon as well. Slightly more seasoned, cautious, mindful of the back type of wild abandon, but wild <laughs> abandon nevertheless. <laughs> that did entertain me. And also we get I mean something that made me laugh in a with a target sort of nod when you get to, with the story with the, the unit moon base and you get to get unit asterisk nine bottom page, unified intelligent task force in that wonderful old target style. <laughs> yes, well this is it, isn't it? It's about little little throwbacks and shout outs to uh, those little youthful moments. I mean, goodness, you know, side tangent, but, uh, you know, wait till the uh, novelizations of the uh, anniversary books, you know, it's 50 years of Target as well. So uh, I, I did slip in a, an Easter egg or two to those. There we go, a little exclusive there, but we don't know what, so don't worry, Russell, we haven't a clue what you mean. Oh, you do, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> And of course, you mentioned Christmas episodes from the telly there when you mentioned Runaway Bride. The Sycorax get a return at Christmas and we meet the Sycorax Queen. Indeed, yes. Well, this was um, a direct request from Russell, uh, Russell T. Davies, who, when we were, I got permission to do a 14th Doctor story, he suggested we use the, the Sycorax. So, in a way, it's like, obviously, the Sycorax from Tennant's first story. And uh, this is, uh, they, they make a Christmassy return in, uh, in this one. So it was, yeah, that was what a treat for me to uh, get to write so much for 10 and also sneak in a little bit of 14 as well. And, uh, and that being sort of like part of the, uh, the twist of things. Obviously not now, now we've blown it in terms of uh, spoilers, but uh, then the, uh, the Doctor Who annual uh, has also been out for some time by now. So uh, people will uh, hopefully be aware. Yeah, so I was excited to write it once, let alone then see the uh, the second half of it materialise as a comic strip in the uh, in the Doctor Who annual. That was, uh, I thought, a very imaginative way of, um, of taking a story and uh, and representing it. And I think 
you know, it's a beautiful adaptation by uh, Paul Lang and uh, really beautifully captured in art as well. So yes, very pleased with that. Absolutely. And of course, there's another cheeky nod in there to those of us who know the names of lost stories with the big store. <laughs> I knew you would pick me up on this uh, nonsense, Kenny. <laughs> um, I'm forensic in my detail with this kind of sadness. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I was sort of grasping around for, um, for titles uh, for some of these stories. And because it's a Christmas space station, you know, the with uh, where all the product is um, is kept before being shipped out to uh, planets across the uh, the star system. Uh, the big store seemed oddly appropriate. Pretty much nothing to do with Christmas, but uh, I've always liked it as a as a working title for the faceless ones. Obviously, when it was set in a department store, and that would uh, make sense. I think the idea was that they used uh, mannequins or something rather than uh, duplicates or, or something. But um, yes, it's just a little little grasp from the past so, you know, but it was always fun if you can kind of like layer it with these little kind of references that you know if, if a young fan has no sense or you know knowledge of what it is doesn't matter at all it's just the title of the story but for someone a bit more seasoned a bit more uh, anal Kenny um, <laughs> they, will, uh, they will get something from it too <laughs> I don't know why I like you so much Mr. Cole but uh <laughs> Well, like, well, I'm saying I'm the, I'm the anal one as well. I was really told called it that. Okay, right. We'll, we'll, we'll call it quite then. But I'd say, all in all, I really enjoyed it. You know, there's a good, I said, there's a good mix of tones and moods. And one to if you're if you're in a silly happy mood, then there's you know stories there that will entertain you in that way. And then if you're feeling a bit more melancholic and remembering, then there's other things there that will match your mood. And I think that's, I think that's one of the real joys of this. That there's something there for. For your Christmas, no matter how you're feeling. Yes, I'd like to think so. I think I should possibly put a little note on the um, contents page to say, you know, <laughs> if you're on a on an upward swing, try this one. Or if it's late at night on Christmas Eve and the fire is uh, dying in the grate, then maybe read uh, Saviour near the front, the uh, vampire one, which actually started off as an actual dream, um, which disturbed me so much when I woke. I thought, I've got to get this out into a story. So it was kind of fortuitous timing. Fantastic. Well, Steve, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. And of course, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without wishing you and all of yours a Merry Christmas to all of you at home. Ho, 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 indeed. Thank you. <laughs> and huge thanks to old King Cole himself. Although I was, I was thinking about, oh, hang on, that's Christmas to me, but I'm getting mixed up with good King Wenceslas. Yes, he's a, he's a very, he's a, he's a merry old soul, is our Stephen. Yes, um, yeah, well... They- He's not that old. He's slightly older than us, but not that much. He's done very well for himself, hasn't he, listeners? Young Bond, the lot, brilliant. Yeah, no, we love Steve Cole. He's been he's on the on the Kenny Smith family podcast. He's a regular <laughs> guest. Obviously, he's helped Kenny out in pieces of eight quite to quite an extent. Obviously, gives a lot of detail on Sting of the Zygons a few weeks ago. So yes, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us again, Steve. Much appreciated. Absolutely, and I think that well. Before we go, Dave, we'd better make sure that people go and order this in your local bookshop. It is available. It's Doctor Who, 10 Days of Christmas uh, by Stephen Cole, or by Steve Cole, to give him his name. I think I'm sure he's Steve Cole credited in this, rather than Stephen. And uh, yes, make sure you get a copy. And of course, when it comes to the weekend, hashtag pray for Dave to ensure there are no spoilers to ruin the giggle for him. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm glued to my mother box, glued to my phone. So it's going to be... It's going to be tough, 
Yeah, I don't know. At this point, I don't know if I'm going to come home on Saturday night after the shift finishes or if I'm going to stay on in Paisley overnight and then come back to Glasgow on Sunday morning or it all depends. I have to wait and see if I'm going to get a lift home on Saturday night. And, oh, it's horrendous, but not really horrendous, but we'll see what happens. So, um, given that we're given that um, we're wrapping up now, I'm going to make another quick plug for the, the Earth 2 podcast. Kenny appeared in a few episodes this year, obviously, but we're, we're winding that up at this point of the year. And we have a special episode planned for Hogmanay, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, Kenny, there is there is a question that I that I normally have to ask you at this point, isn't there? There is indeed. Dave, would you like to ask me that question? And um, I'm wondering, do you have? I I would like to suggest something actually. Given okay. that we've been to- talking to a member of the Cole family, yeah, we either have to have um, something by everyone's second favourite member of Girls Aloud, Cheryl Cole, or do we have do we have the Happiest Christmas Tree by Nat King Cole? which ties in nicely and sublimely to the subject matter. Dave, that is a fantastic suggestion. Okay, I'm not even going to tell you what I'd suggested. That is beautiful. Let's go with it. Let's do it. Bye, folks. See you later. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. With a hey and a he and a The happiest Christmas tree, oh, ho, ho, he, he, he. Someone came and they found me and took me home with them. Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree, ho, 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 he, he, he. Look how pretty they dress me, oh, lucky, lucky me. I got shiny bells that jingle and tiny lights that tingle. Whenever anyone passes by, I blink my lights and I wink my eye. Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree. A Christmas day, wait and see I'll be laughing happily With a ho, 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 hee, hee